you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn with us to the book of Romans. The book of Romans, verses 12 through 21. Wherefore, as by one man, that is Jesus, I mean, excuse me, that is Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. Much more the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one man to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life of one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. No matter how you look at it, no matter how you react to it, sin is a horrible thing. The Bible says sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. I'll be honest with you, it gives me cold chills to even think about what sin can do in all of our lives. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that does, all of us are sinners, okay? Some are saved sinners, some are lost sinners. When we think about this, I think about what sin um, can do and will do. It's a terrible thing. It's a tormenting thing. It's a trapping thing. It's a terminal thing. It's a thieving thing. It's a trashy thing. And it can be a twisting thing. Sin is horrible. As I said, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what do we do about this? Sin doesn't come on a lot of times um, 
fast. This thing has gotten tangled up, and I'm fixing to do something. It's not where I want it. Well, that's the devil. But he ain't going to have his way, okay? He is the father of all this mess. The Bible says he's the father of lies. Okay, so if you are lost today, you're hanging around and you're supporting a liar. You are hanging around and you are supporting a thief. All right? If you're lost. But you can change that today. You can invite the Lord Jesus into your heart and have all your sins forgiven from this day backwards. God will never ever remember them. God will never bring them up again. But we as Christians from the day we're saved forward, yes, we're going to sin because we cannot live a perfect life. Even though the Bible says, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, he couldn't have said anything less and have been God. He couldn't have said, he couldn't afford to have said, it's okay to sin a little bit. I want you to do, I want to treat you just like I do the Good News Club youngins. What's this word say? I want, it, I want everybody to say it. What is it? Sin. What is in the middle of it? I. Who's to blame for your sin and mine? Ah. I can't blame somebody else. Every sin that I can think about right off the top of my head that I do and have done and will do, I'm to blame. It's me. It's not somebody else. I can't blame somebody else. Adam, he tried to blame Eve. He tried to blame the serpent. And God punished all three of them because all three were guilty. I'm looking at this portion of God's word, now it might be confusing to you a lot of it, but I just want you to think about something. Four times in this passage, righteousness is made mention of. Four times. Now that's not my righteousness. My righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. But it's the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ that he embeds and implants in, into our lives. So it appears four times. Six times the word gift is mentioned. A gift. Salvation is a gift. It is a free gift. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't come to church enough to be awarded it. It is a free gift from God Almighty. Ten times uh, in this portion of God's word, sin is made mention of. Sin. A horrible thing. A thing, listen, sin will wreck your life. Sin will wreck a marriage. Sin will wreck a home. Sin can depart and, and splatter and scatter and cause division in a church. I don't have to tell you how God is blessing First Baptist, but I also tell you we need to be on guard because Satan is not happy. He is not happy. Listen, he is not happy with you for being here today. If you're a Christian, he hates your gut. He don't like it because you're here to worship and to serve the Lord. He don't like it when you give of your time and your talent and your tithe to God. He don't like that. And he'll do anything in this world to tear your life apart. 
He'll do anything in this world to destroy your marriage. He'll do anything he can to turn your kids against you. Sin is a horrible thing. But if you notice the title, The Gift of Grace. What is grace other than a lady's name? Grace is goodwill. Goodwill. Grace is kindness. Grace is mercy. Grace is ease and harmony among people. Grace is a favor. Grace is blessings. And it's God's grace. For by grace, for by grace are you saved. It's God's favor. You see, it's not God's will that any person perish and die and go to a devil's hell. It's not God's will. God loves us. And he don't send anybody to hell, by the way. People send themselves because they refuse to accept Christ. I think sometimes, well, you know, I'm, I, know, I know right from wrong, and I don't need you, God, telling me when I've done wrong. Yes, I do. My daddy told me when I did wrong. He told me when I disappointed him. He told me when I didn't do what he asked me to do, and I was punished for it, and rightfully so. You see, God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. That's why Jesus died, with his blood to cover the sins of the world. I've told you this before, but some may never have heard it. I don't do it on purpose, but I do it just to prove to myself it's a fact. If I get cut and I'm next to a regular piece of notebook paper, I make sure I put some blood on that paper and let it dry. And then I find me a number two pencil eraser and try to erase it without tearing up the paper. You can't do it. Why can't you do it? Because it's the blood. It's the lifeline of your life and mine. It's the lifeline that Jesus shed for you and for me. And all my sins are under the blood. And the devil can't get to it. He would love to erase that blood and say, okay, you're back lost again. Listen, every time I doubt my salvation, I put Jesus on the cross again. We don't need to do that, folks. That was a horrible death. And all these things I made mention that sin is, our Lord, he bore every bit of that when he was hanging on that cross. You say, I've heard this stuff all my life. Well, you might have heard it all your life, but have you believed it? Have you accepted it? Are you living it? Are you looking for his return? If not, you need to do something about it. I can't make you. You know, it would be a wonderful thing if, if when, when the lost crowd came to the church, if the preacher knew they were lost and the only way he's going to know that is if he has talked to them. Wouldn't it be something if I could just walk back and say, listen, I love you. Jesus died for you. Why don't you come on and go with me to the altar and be saved? If that was a doable thing, I would do it. But it's not. 
It's not a doable thing because unless you and I as an individual feel the presence of God and feel the Spirit drawing us, it's useless to come. And on top of that, I would never, ever embarrass anyone on purpose by saying, hey, call their name and say, you, you lost, come on down here and get saved. There are some faiths, religions that do that. And you find them today if you witness enough and they will tell you that when I was a child, my pastor or somebody in the church embarrassed me and I've never gone back. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that kind of pastor. I want to be the kind of pastor that reaches out in love and tenderness and saying, hey, I love you. God loves you. Jesus died for you and the choice is yours. It is a choice. And we choose yes or no. We choose right from wrong. So let's think about the the gift of grace. This is not long. This is short. We need to make our lives count. We need to make our lives count. In verse 15, the very last few words says, Which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Jesus made his life count. What do we need to do? We need to make our life count for God. Count for God. We need to make our life count for our family. We need to make our life count for our church. We need to make our life count for our friends. We need to make our life count for our government. I'm challenging you. If you're not registered to vote, you need to get registered. I don't believe and I don't appreciate nobody's running. Well, if you don't get registered and you don't vote, you voted for who goes in. Like it or not. You say, you don't need to talk about politics. Oh, I'm sorry. Politics is a part of our world. It's a part of our Christian world. We need to, we need to count for our government. One man's life counted for all of us, and that was Jesus. I love what he said when he's on the cross. Father, forgive him. They don't realize what they're doing. They don't even realize who they're doing it to. Father, forgive them. And then the other thing I love when he said, it's finished. I can't add anything to it. And he died on that cross. He died for you and for me. He died one time and died for everybody. He died for my past, my present, and my future sins. Not only should we make our lives count, but we need to make our lives caring Uh, Verse 17, um, again, the last few words, shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Caring. Our Lord cared. He set the example for caring for people. You know, it wasn't necessarily about him. It was about people, wherever he went. And, And what's amazing, there's many stories in the Bible where he dealt with just one. Think of Zacchaeus. Short like me. People didn't like him. He couldn't get in the crowd, so he ran down the road and climbed a tree. And Jesus spoke to him, Zacchaeus, personally. You come down, because I'm going to your house today. Oh, my house is not ready. It's not clean. And I can't call my wife and tell her to hurry up and get things right. The Lord's coming. No. He said, I'm going home with you. You know what? Today... Jesus would love to go home with you. 
He would love to go home with you. If you've never invited him into your heart, he can't go home with you. He wants to. His desire is to go home with you. He cares about you, and you need to care about him. We need to care. Uh, we, we, we are living in a don't care world. A lot of people tell you, if you ask them about it, well, I don't care. What about that old, I don't care. I do not care. Read my lips and say, I don't care. Well, people are being killed daily. Not weekly now, it's, it's daily. Uh, law officers, I, I love every one of our law officers we are in our church. We need to realize they put their life on the line every day. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Okay, okay, I get a blue light behind me. What should I do? Pull over. But instead, I'm going to see if I can lose them. And then they get the, the one that's being chased gets killed, and the family blames the law. I think it was Cobb Bridge Road. I don't know exactly what it was, but I run a stop sign. It was late at night. I was coming down the hill. I saw the sign that says stop ahead. I had a trailer behind me fully overly loaded. I put on brakes. I saw I wasn't going to be able to come to a complete stop. So I looked both directions. It was dark as midnight. I mean, nothing coming either way. So I just let off the brake and went right on out. I mean, automatically, woo, 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 blue lights are flashing everywhere. I thought, good, not alive. Where was he sitting? So I tried to pull over. In those, that road up there has no shoulder. So I pull off the best I can. And then the loudspeaker comes on. Driver, go to a safe place and pull over. It was way up the road. Finally, I got pulled over. And I thought, this young boy has no clue who he's fisting to face. So... I turned my interior light on. I had my papers in my hand and I hung my hands out the window. <laughs> I mean, was that okay? I wanted him to see, hey, I ain't up to nothing, son. <laughs> he got my stuff. He said, I'll be back in a minute. He came back up there and he said, uh, you, uh, you didn't you run that stop sign back there. I said, yes, sir, I did. I surely did. Told him why. He said, well, uh, we're having a lot of, lot of drug traffic up here. And he said, that's why I'm, I'm up in this area. And, and I know you didn't see me. I was back in the bushes or whatever. I said, son, just, just do your job. I pray for you every day. Just do your job. But listen, y'all, our law enforcement is being killed every, every week. You read about them. And they're leaving behind children. They're leaving behind wives. And even our female officers are leaving behind husbands and children. Um, parents are being killed by children, their own children. And children are being killed by their own parents. They don't care. It's a don't care world. People are being killed with road rage. I mean, I'm doing 35 mile an hour on a road that the speed limit says 35 mile an hour. And it's real curvy. And I'm pulling a trailer again, okay? 
And this car's behind me. If I had just barely touched my brakes, he would have eaten up my trailer. In a little bit, he must have, he floored it wide open. We're in curvy roads, 35 mile an hour, and he shot around me and shot back in like I got you. You know, I'm thinking, he ought to have a blowout. You know, he, something needs to stop him. Road rage. I love my motorcycle. I enjoy riding. When I think about that old boy that was killed over next to Grace Church, just literally ran over the boy and killed him. Just run over him. People do not care. Children take advantage of parents. Parents taking advantage of children. Husbands taking advantage of wives and wives taking advantage of children. Employees. Taking advantage of the employer. Pastors. Pastors, I said, taking advantage of their church. And sometimes church members take advantage of their pastor. People don't care. Well, we need to be caring. Jesus was caring. We not only need to count and care, but thirdly, we need to make our lives communicate. Verse 18, it says, So even by righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Nobody can know what we're thinking. Thank God. That, that's pretty good, isn't it? That nobody knows what you're thinking except God. And he said, I know what you're going to think before you think it. So don't think you're pulling the wool over somebody's eyes when you're thinking something about what you're thinking because God already thought about it and God already knows what you're going to think. Um, you know, that can be a good thing. But on the other hand, sometimes we need to share how we feel. We need to share how we feel. You know, I, I've heard this story uh, many times that pastors live a lonely life. Because they have, they don't have close friends that they can really share their gut feelings with. But I want to tell you about your pastor, okay? I don't live a lonely life. <laughs> I mean, I'm as happy as I can be. I get down sometimes, but I don't ever get lonely. You know why? Because I can, there are some of you I can call and say, hey, I just need to talk to you. One in particular, I wouldn't dare call his name. If I did, you'd know who it was. He get, got in the car one time, and I said, I got to talk. Okay, I'm listening. I just unloaded. You know what? You need to unload. You need to communicate. If, if you don't communicate, you're going to blow up. And that's not going to be a good thing. You need to communicate. Uh, you know, I, I, I tell Lynn, I appreciate her. I appreciate her wisdom, her knowledge, her correctiveness in my life, hey, I don't mind. Now, sometimes I don't like it, but I don't mind because I know 99.9.9% she is right. There was a lady in our community in Earl's Grove who married him. Uh, um, uh, no, he, the man married a woman and her last name was Wright. W-R-I-G-H-T, right. 
And she t- he told me many times, he said, you know, I know I'm right. He said, I'm married right. <laughs> well, I know that's just a name, but let me tell you something, men. I hope, I hope that you can count on your wife to love you, support you, and believe in you, and willing to share with you when she sees things that don't look right. Now, I don't always get it just exactly right, but every morning, on Sunday morning, when I get dressed, I try to make sure everything is just right, and then I stand before the judge. I say, what do you think? And she'll tell me what she thinks. You know, that tie don't match. Looked pretty good to me. I picked out this color to go with this color over here, but that don't match. But then one place where I buy my clothes, he said, don't worry about it, anything goes. Now this morning, these pants to me are too long. They're too long. I feel them if I drag, I hate that. I need somebody to take up about an inch on these pants. But one place where I went to buy clothes, I told him, I said, uh, I put them on. He, I said, that's too short, isn't it? Oh, he said, anything goes. And I'm kidding. They was up here like that. <laughs> so when I sat down, they even come higher. I mean, communication. What makes you happy may not make somebody else happy. Okay? It may not. Everything that happens don't make me happy, okay? And I'm sure everything that happens don't make you happy. I've been accused of preaching too long, too short, or not know what you're talking about. It's okay. I can say this. Nobody knows what I'm thinking right now except God. I'm thinking, why don't he get on with the next point? I'm ready to go home. Well, we'll just do that. The last thing is, we, not only do our lives need to count and we need to care and we need to communicate, but last of all, we need to make our lives continue. Verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we need to continue. Don't quit. For goodness sakes, don't quit on God. Uh, don't quit your job. Listen, I lost count of how many jobs I had because I'd quit and move over yonder. But let me tell you something. I never, ever, ever quit a job but what I didn't have one waiting on me the next day. Don't quit your job unless you got one waiting. Don't quit your spouse because you got another one waiting. The best thing you can do is hang in there with him or her and share with him or her what's going on in your life. You know, I thought I thought the other day, I was thinking about laying in my date life. I dated one, two, three other girls, but I never kissed either one of them. Not a one of them. I've never kissed another woman outside our marriage other than our family, my mama, my sister, and my little nieces. It's just Lynn. And I think, hey, I mean, I look in the mirror and I'm thinking, wow, boom, where in the world has them wrinkles come from? Well, it is what it is. I got the same lips. 
I got the same eyes. I got the same ears. We'd been married. I'm not exaggerating. We'd been married probably 30-something years. We dated seven. <laughs> we sitting across from one another, and I just looked at her, and I said, what is it? She said, you sure do have big ears. <laughs> I mean, where in the world do you get that from? 30-something years, you never have said anything about my ears. And now you're saying I got big ears. <laughs> but I didn't say a word. I should have said all the better to hear your whining. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Don't quit on your spouse. Don't quit on your kids. I'm thankful my mom and daddy didn't quit on me. I wasn't always like I was supposed to be, but I'm thankful they didn't quit on me. Don't quit on your parents, youngins. Let me tell you something. You ain't got but one daddy and you ain't got but one mama. And one day they're going to be like me. Gone. My parents are gone. I can't talk to them. Even this week I thought about I don't know why I thought about it. Just call daddy. I don't know why I thought about that. No, and I can't. He's been gone. Some people quit on their church. They quit on church and they go over yonder to Podunk Holler Baptist Church and things don't look right over there either. And so they move over yonder to uh, Possum Kingdom Baptist and that don't work either. And then they go down yonder to where they jump in pews and spitting in the third pew and, and walking and hooting and hollering and falling in the floor. That don't work either. And I'm thinking, who is right? Let me tell you who's right. God is right. He is right all the time, and you need to continue with God. Now, if God says move, hey, I want you out of here. If God tells me to move, you better believe I'm going to be out of here, okay? Because if God says it, we better obey it, amen? We better do what God says to do. I've said this before. I'll say it one more time, and I'm done. Grace. You take each letter. God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. Father, thank you for the morning. Lord, I think sometime we all need to have a sign around our neck saying, Sinner, if we're lost, it's sinner. If we're saved, it needs to say, Saved sinner. Because we all have sinned. I know, Lord, I, I have fallen short of what you expect. And, Lord, so many times I wonder, where, where do I need to go next? What do I need to preach next? What do you want me to say to this family? What do you want me to say to this individual? But, Lord, I know you know everything. You're sovereign. You're in control. And, God, I want you to know, I want you to know, Father, I know you already know my heart. You know my thoughts before I even thank them that I love you. And I thank you for the invitation, first of all, that you gave me to be saved. And the second of all, to who you led me to, to marry. And third of all, you extended a call to me to preach your word. And you've allowed me to be the pastor of this great church. Father, I pray for our congregation today, right now. If there's anyone in here lost, God, give them the courage to come forward and just simply say, hey, I'm lost and I don't know what to do. If there's anyone here, Lord, has backslid, they want to come to the altar and pray and ask for forgiveness, give them courage to do so. If there's anyone here, Lord, that feels led to join this congregation, God, we ask your will to be done. 
Bless our guests again today, God. Just bless them in a mighty way. Reward them for being faithful to come to your house today. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Mark.